Welcome to SF Sight Audio Reviews. For this podcast, we're listening to The Passage by Justin Cronin, read by Edward Herman. Before she became the girl from nowhere, the one who walked in, the first and last and only, who lived a thousand years, she was just a little girl in Iowa named Amy. Amy Harper Belafonte. The day Amy was born, her mother, Jeanette, was 19 years old. Jeanette named her baby Amy for her own mother, who died when Jeanette was little, and gave her the middle name Harper for Harper Lee, the lady who'd written To Kill a Mockingbird, Jeanette's favorite book. Truth be told, the only book she'd made it all the way through in high school. Amy's father was a man who came in one day to the restaurant where Jeanette had waited tables since she turned 16, a diner everyone called The Box because it looked like one. So begins Justin Cronin's eagerly awaited third novel. This ambitious 800-page project was pushed hard by the publishers, embraced by thousands of eager readers, and it takes on the usual subjects. Science and authority run amok. The sudden loss of 90% of the human race, I like to call this part getting rid of the riffraff, and of course, the slow march back to a good, clean America, circa 1952 or something. For Cronin, it's all in his tight observations and his deftly honed details. He describes everything, and veteran voice talent and actor Edward Herman is right there with him. I love Herman's voice and pacing. Like Rory's grandfather in The Gilmore Girls, Herman reads Cronin's prose with a wonderfully self-depreciating gravity and civility. Listen as Amy's FBI handler, Brad Walgast, offers Anthony Carter, a condemned murderer, a deal with the devil, or in this case, science and authority run amok. That was when Wolgast pulled the warden's envelope from his pocket and opened it. With his free hand, he flattened the document against the glass for Carter to see. Do you know what this is? This is a writ of commutation, Anthony, signed by Governor Jenna Bush. It's dated today, right there at the bottom. You know what that means, a commutation? Carter was squinting at the paper. I don't go to the needle? That's right, Anthony. Not in June. Not ever. Walgast returned the paper to his jacket pocket. Now it was bait, something to want. The other document, the one Carter would have to sign, was tucked against it. By the time this second piece of paper saw daylight, the whole point was not to read it. Okay, you got to give it up for Governor Jenna Bush. That's brilliant. These are the kind of details that make this book worth listening to. Then the book simply changes gears. We leave Amy, the vision, the savior, the girl that science and evil run amok just cannot kill, and we head to the Wild West. The second two-thirds of the passage sound like they slipped a few pages out of the late Cold War classic film Red Dawn. But instead of Patrick Swayze and Leah Thompson fighting Russians with bad Cuban accents, the passage crew bravely battles vampire zombie kind of guys, who like all vampire zombie kind of guys, are really, really hard to kill. But Cronin has given us a plucky group of California teenagers who are ready to fight the hordes with a good old American combination of guns and electricity. Here they are now. Peter fired at last, fired again. But the virals were too fast. Always the spot where he aimed was empty. It seemed to Peter as if they were playing a kind of game, trying to trick them into expending their ammunition. Since when did they do that, he thought, and wondered when he'd heard these words before. As the first one let go, Peter saw in his mind's eye the fatal dimension of its arc. Alicia was standing with her back to the counter now, 
the viral descended straight for her, arms outstretched, legs bent to absorb the impact, a being of teeth and claws and smoothly muscled power. In the instant before it landed, Alicia stepped forward, positioning herself directly under it, holding the rifle away from her body like a blade. She fired. A mist of red, a confusion of bodies tumbling, the rifle clattering away. In the time it took Peter to realize that Alicia was not dead, she was on her feet again. The viral lay where he'd come to rest, the back of his head cratered with blood. So this book and this nicely abridged audio rendition offer us another end of the world as we know it, and another group of resourceful kids that are bent on bringing the American way back to life. It's plenty entertaining, but maybe not that enriching or original. But there's always, always hope. The passage is the first of a trilogy, so I think we better give Cronin the benefit of the doubt. Maybe volumes two and three will create a world where no zombies or vampires have gone before. We've been listening to The Passage by Justin Cronin. This 14 and a half hour abridged novel is read by Edward Herman and is published by Random House Audio. Reviewing for SF Site, I'm Brian Price.